thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Just want to do a little uh, social experiment, okay? So, if, you, if you're capable of standing, because a lot of you have still stood, so if you're capable of standing, I want you to stand. If you're not, you can use your hand to do the same thing, okay? Right, okay? You're capable of standing, Sandra. Come on. Okay, if you're not, you can still join in, right? I want you to walk in time on the spot to my drum beat, okay? Right? Right, you ready? If you're visiting, we don't do this every week, okay? We're not a military or anything like that, okay? So you ready? If you're in the... Sat down, you can just punch the air. Don't punch the person in front of you, okay? Right, I'm going to stop you a minute, okay? This time, I want us all to start off on the right foot, okay? I'll count four, and you've got to start on the right foot. You ready? One, two, three, four, right. It's quite a scary, it's quite a scary sight, this, okay? If you're sat at home, I hope you're doing it in your lounge as well, okay? It's like the Cybermen are coming. yourselves a round of applause, you can sit down. That wasn't just random, okay? There is a reason for that that will become clear, okay? Uh, those of you who uh, are here for the first time, we, uh, we do a, a series of, of different talks throughout the year, and we start... That was a bit ethereal. <laughs> we, we started a series last week on the Holy Spirit, and um, last week I said I introduced who the Holy Spirit is. So I'm not going to go over that all again at the beginning of each week. It will take too long. So we're doing this series for around about eight weeks, and we're going to go through different things that the Bible talks about related to the Holy Spirit. And uh, this week we're talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit testifies and makes us fruitful. The Holy Spirit in our lives testifies to God's presence in it because actually we should be changed. And also he makes us fruitful. The Holy Spirit makes us fruitful. Our main passage of the Bible we're going to look at today is from Galatians chapter 5 and we're going to read just from verses 18 to 28. And last week, as I say, we started that new series and I said, I'm on a losing battle because some people will be like, oh, you're not going deep enough or you're not going the way I want you to go, Johnny. And some people will be like, oh, I'd rather you didn't speak about it at all. But also, I want to thank those people who took the time to encourage and also those who sent some questions afterwards because actually it's really good to be encouraged. And I was actually, I think it's the first time I've had lots of, well, lots, lots of encouragement individually. So I want to thank those people who took the time to do that. And uh, those of you who are in connect groups, I don't know about the other connect groups, but I know our connect group on Tuesday night, 
enjoyed an amazing discussion as well as experiencing an amazing testimony on the night linked to the overwhelming presence of the Holy Spirit. So get yourself connected because it's an opportunity to discuss and ask questions based on what we've talked about on a Sunday morning. So one question was asked was this, so I thought I'd clear it up at the beginning, was if the Holy Spirit is a person, then why is he described as a wind or breath? That's a good question, isn't it? The Bible describes him as a wind or breath, and I said, well, he's a person, he's not a thing. And the way, the answer I gave to it, I don't know everything, okay? I know it's really, well, most of you know that. If you know me, you know, you know very well I don't know everything. But I think the answer is more about what a person is, okay? Because actually we think of a person and we think of the people who are sat next to us. That isn't necessarily what makes a person a person, okay? The thing that makes a person a person is emotions, feelings, and personality, okay? So the Holy Spirit has emotions. The Holy Spirit can be grieved, can be upset. So the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit can, can, can bring joy. It has emotions and feelings. He has emotions and feelings even. More like we would call a personality. But the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it. It's not a thing. So having looked at who the Spirit is, we're going to spend the next few weeks looking at what the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit does. So for those of you who are new, if you're new in your faith, if you're quite a young Christian, it'll probably be more technical than most of the, the talks I give. There's not loads of opportunity for like me making funny jokes. Some of you will be grateful for that. Other than Jeffrey writes them down and uses them at a later date. That's right, isn't it? So uh, Galatians chapter 5, let's read. We're going to read from verse 16, actually, to 26. So Galatians 5, verses 16 to 26 says this. This is Paul writing. He says, So I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do just whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, you've just heard a list of quite serious things, okay? Hold that thought, but not too much, because the next bit's more important, okay? But... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Okay. There's so a lot in that passage. It's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on there that maybe it's worth a read again in your own time. But sometimes I wonder if other people have opposite days. Does anyone have an opposite day in their house where the kids don't do what you ask them to? Yeah, there you go. There's an opposite day, okay? That's an opposite day because you want them to do one thing and they do the opposite. But can I just say, it's not limited to kids. We do it too, don't we? Yeah? We do the opposite of what we should do. And actually, it's really important. You say one thing, they do another. 
you know, I desperately want to eat chocolate, but I know I need to fit into two suits for weddings, so I can't, I've got to be really, really on it at the moment. And then obviously I can then just get fat again. No, that's not true. <laughs> but in this chapter of Galatians, we see two opposites, okay? And that's what you need to remember today, if nothing else. We see two opposites at work that Paul is talking about in this letter. We see the acts of the flesh or human nature, if you want to call it that, and we see the fruit of the Spirit. A bit of context first. This letter to the Galatians is one of the harshest of Paul's letters. It's one of the harshest, dealing with situations. Uh, the church and the people he's writing to have started to fall away from the simple gospel message and have started fighting and being divided. They've fallen away from that simplicity about faith in Jesus. It's not about working hard and trying to do things. It's about faith. We're saved by faith in Jesus. It's by grace which we're saved. It's not through our acts, but actually he should influence our behavior. God should influence our behavior. We can spend our lives trying to do things to make us better, can't we? Yeah? We can try to better ourselves. But let me ask you a question. When you've ever tried to better yourself... How long, realistically, has that lasted? Four days, okay. Well done for being honest, Faye. But those of you who know me, I've, I've, gone, I've gone up and down in my weight because I try and I get there and then I think, oh, I, like, I can eat what I like now and it doesn't work. But actually, we try to better ourselves, but actually, we can only do it for a limited amount of time because the Bible tells us it's not about our efforts. It's not about how hard we strive but it's about being filled and spending time being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, have you been influenced by anybody? Have you ever had things influenced by you? You know, I, I actually occasionally lead a horse from a field into a stable. Now, I would never have done that 26 years ago because I, I have no interest in horses. They scare me a little bit. And actually, the other night, I did it on my own, and the horse is a very young horse, it's my daughter's, and I took it from the field into the stable, and it, got, it was so desperate to get at the food, it almost pushed past me, and its rope got caught on a nail on the door, slammed the door shut behind it, but then the rope was caught on the door, and it couldn't get to its food, and I'm thinking, I'm stuck in a stable with an angry horse now. But I've been influenced by my family. Why have I been influenced by my family? Because I live with them. I've been influenced by friends. I've been influenced by people at work. I've been influenced in lots of different ways. You know, Joel is about to get married. And actually, do you know what? It's amazing how much tidier he's become <laughs> since he started spending time with Naomi. It's amazing. If only we'd have known that's what it would take, then we'd have invited her along years ago. But why has he been influenced? Because he spent time with Naomi. He spent time in Naomi's living room where he's not allowed to put things in certain places. <laughs> where there's candles that are for lighting and candles that are decorative. <laughs> where there's tea time. Oh, sorry, Naomi. You're going red now. I've had a go at Joel. I've got to be fair. It's got to be equal. Where some of the tea towels are for decoration, not for drying pots. Yeah? Can I just ask, does anyone else have that? Decorative. Oh, do you know what? There we go. <laughs> Naomi, I am sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> but have you all been influenced by Naomi? Have you been to her house? But 
We are influenced by people around us. The Spirit of God wants to live in you. So if you're influenced by people around you, how much more will your life be transformed if you allow the wholeness and fullness of God into your life? How much more will you be changed? I could sit down now because that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit transforms. You will be altered and affected by people around you. I bet Robert's doing more craft than he's ever done in his life. You know? I, I, I bet, you know, I know... I'm not going to, I'm going to offend somebody if I carry on, so I'm going to stop. But can I just say, you're influenced by people around you. Church, we need to be influenced and changed by the person who lives inside us. The Holy Spirit testifies to who God is if you allow the Holy Spirit, the fullness of God, the fullness of Jesus to live richly in your life. It's a little bit like when people come, I wasn't going to say this, you know, we could fill every chair in this building, but people like to put extra space out. You know, you've got one heart, one life. Fill it from top to bottom before you start extending it. <laughs> fill, allow yourself to be filled by the Holy Spirit. So when you were young, how many of us ate an apple and thought an apple tree might grow in our tummies if we weren't careful? <laughs> yeah? Yeah, we're all a bit daft, aren't we? Do you know why? Because we're influenced by people around us who say, yeah. Or when you go to school, you're going to get your head flushed down the toilet. It's not always, maybe it is true. Who got their head flushed down the toilet at school? Oh, only you, Sue. <laughs> was, it, was it by choice? <laughs> it was at high school. Anyway, I'm not going to bring flashback and trauma into Sue's life. But it's interesting, isn't it? That's the thing that everyone says, you're going to get your head flushed down the toilet. Everyone said, if you eat an apple... You're going to have an apple tree growing in you because you eat the seed. Why did they think that? Because that seed has all the information in it and all the energy in it, if you like, and all the thing that's needed to grow a tree. I once spoke at a couple's wedding and I made the mistake of giving them a conquer and talking about oak trees, okay? I should have had an acorn. Alison, don't be the first to laugh at that. But, you know, but what the illustration I was going for was that you see a massive oak tree or a horse chestnut tree and it comes from that tiny, tiny little thing that's been allowed to be planted and all the information is in it that builds strong roots and builds strong trunks, strong branches and leaves. It just needs the right environment to grow. That's all God's asking for today, the right environment for his Holy Spirit to dwell and that is you and me. The first point this morning is this. The fruit of the Spirit is not the fruits of the Spirit. You've all heard this if you're a Christian. The fruit of the Spirit is a singular thing, but it's many things within that singular thing. The fruit is one thing. We can look at the list of fruits that we've just read. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we could go, well, I'm pretty good at love. I'm quite good at being patient. Self-control, I struggle with when there's food there. Any of the ladies last night struggle with self-control? Yeah, it's okay. I won't tell you slimming world leader. That's fine. But those fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's not about saying, well, we're good at that already. Let's work on these. It's about, no, God, fill me. And then actually all of them will grow. All of them will grow. And that testifies to God in our lives. 
if we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit because he's living in us, then people will see God. People will see God without you even really trying. The point is, it's all or nothing if it's the Holy Spirit because none of it is down to our effort. Believe me, we can try, we foster. Sometimes it's really easy being patient, but sometimes it's really difficult and it becomes harder and harder. And actually, if it's about our efforts, then our efforts are gonna fail ultimately. But the Holy Spirit wants to fill you and wants to grow in you and wants to see you fruitful and loving and patient and joyful. We can look at the list and pick our own, but the point is it's him, not us. If the Holy Spirit is going to produce fruit in us, then he will produce it all. He will produce it all. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 20, Jesus said this, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. That's how we test if somebody is God's. By their fruit they're known. You know, if you planted daffodil bulbs and it grew tulips, you'd be a bit concerned, wouldn't you? If you planted daffodil bulbs and grew tulips, you'd think, what on earth's going on? Well, we need to keep planting and nurturing the Holy Spirit in our lives daily. Because if we plant the Holy Spirit, we'll grow the fruit of the Spirit. If we allow him to go deep, we'll see the fruit increase. If we just try harder and harder, then the fruit will probably be more the opposite because it's the acts of the flesh. It's the things we do in our humanness that grows the opposite, yeah? It's allowing the fruit of the Spirit to dwell deep within. The second point is this. Fruit doesn't grow overnight. It takes time. You're not going to suddenly go, so who, who was prayed for last week? It was really encouraging to see the response. Just put your hand up if you were prayed for last week, just so I can see. You know, you might have found this week was really hard. You might have found actually it was harder because we've got an enemy that was in a battle that wants us to not be filled with the Spirit. So actually, you're not going to see fruit suddenly spring overnight. Yes, there can be transformation quite quickly. Yes, I talked about Jackie Pullinger and the, the heroin addicts in Hong Kong who came off their drugs like that. But I suspect they still weren't filled with the fruit of the Spirit initially. I think it took time for them to grow and to see those, those fruit grow. How many new Christians are totally and suddenly, utterly transformed? Not loads. Generally, it's a journey. Generally, it's a process. And the more and more we nurture his presence in us and around us, the more we'll see his fruit. That's what it's about. It's about nurturing. You might have heard Gary's notice and gone, well, one till two, I'm at work. That's fine. Gary's just passionate and wants to pray. So he said, if nobody comes, I'll spend an hour on my own. One till two, Monday to Friday. You know, if there's something else on in the building, he'll go upstairs. But what if there was like, 24 Gary's. That's the scary thought, isn't it? <laughs> and everyone said, I can pray from one, in, one till two in the morning. Then we could have a church that's open all the time with groups of people praying. 
So it's not about saying, well, you can't go to that. It's about saying, actually, when could I? When can I pray? When can I intercede? No pressure, because that would be me saying, you've got to try. It's about being filled by the Spirit and saying, God, I desire more of you. God, I want more of you. I want more of you in my life and more of you in my church. Why? Because it transforms us. Wouldn't it be amazing to see Barrow full of people that were filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Wouldn't that be amazing? Do you know the way? It's, the only way it's going to happen is if the Holy Spirit fills them. It's the only way. They could try, and there might be some good people. There might be some nice people. There might be some good things. But we don't want just good things. We want God things. We want God things. How many of us are changed by being around different people? You know, as I say, Joel has been coming tidier. Chloe's much more interested in horses now she's with Michael. Some people can be changed by the company they keep, can't they? For better or for worse, we can be changed. That wasn't a wedding thing. That's just generally. We can be changed by who we hang around with. Those of you who come to the sewing group on a Wednesday, if you come regularly, I guess your sewing improves. I'm just looking at somebody who goes. There was a very tentative, hmm? But I'm guessing if you go long enough, because you're surrounding yourself with people, if it works on the outside, how much more is it going to work when we allow him on the inside? When it's not just skin deep, when it's deep, deep in our lives, how much more will we be changed when his power is dwelling within us and at the heart of us? You know, it's a lifelong process of growth and pruning that helps a tree to grow strong. It's a lifelong process. Sometimes we need branches cutting off. Sometimes it's just leaves. But it's a lifelong process that makes that a strong tree from such a small seed. You know, the Holy Spirit isn't a small seed. The Holy Spirit is the fullness of God. So wow, what strong lives are we gonna see if we allow him in? All the information that's needed. Third point, although it's fruit singular, there are three distinct and logical divisions. Now, this was, this was quite new to me as I've studied this passage. And actually, I thought that's quite impressive. There are three distinct divisions to the nine fruit of the Spirit, okay? Firstly, God is all about relationship. The Trinity of Father, Spirit, and Son is all about relationship. It's working together. He's demonstrating what we should be about. Relationship, coming together, us God and others. It's a relationship. So we see in the fruit of the Spirit, we see three threes. The first three are to do with our relationship with God and addresses a transformation in our emotions. Love, joy, peace. You know, every Sunday before we start to, to worship, after we practice, we get together as a group upstairs, the tech team, and as we pray. And uh, I'm not going to share what Nick said this morning, but Nick shared with us this morning what a difficult time she's had over the last couple of months. And actually, it has been really, really low. And yet, she's still stood in front of us today, lifting the name of Jesus. Really, that, that's what his joy is about. It's not about us trying to be happy. It's about a deep joy and a satisfaction that comes from him. The word for love here is agape. That is the love that can only come from God. In the Bible, there's loads of words for love. There's brotherly love, there's sexual love, and there's agape love, which is God's love. The love that only he can give, that comes from God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says this, 
Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. That's what love is. It's a gift from God. It's our relationship with God that transforms our emotional state. 1 John chapter 1, verses 3 to 4 talks about the fact that fellowship with Father and Son will make our joy complete. So our joy is to do with our relationship with God emotionally. Joy and love and peace. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We have peace with God. Love, joy, peace. All about our relationship with God the Father and the Son and the Spirit. It's emotional transformation, love, joy and peace. We see all three persons of the Trinity involved in that. The second three, patience, kindness and goodness. That is all about our relationship with other people. It's all about our relationship with those around us. It's a transformation of our actions. When we're filled with the Spirit, our emotions can be transformed and our actions are transformed. And they point to God. They point to Father, Son, and Spirit. Patience, kindness, and goodness. I know I can be exasperating. Okay? There's only Joel in this morning. Sorry, I can say that. Ros will tell you. I'm, I can be exasperating. I know that. But I know that the more I nurture the Holy Spirit's presence in my life, the more I exhibit the Holy Spirit's patience with other people the more I can be patient with those that cause me problems. You know, patience is made up of two Greek words, which means this. It means to be far away from anger. Patience means to be far away from anger. In other words, when somebody's annoying you, patience is to be far away from anger. That's our relationship with other people. That's what Holy Spirit does in our lives. Kindness is the quality of being upright and thoughtful in the way we behave towards others so that it's beneficial to them. To be thoughtful in the way we behave to other people so that it does them good. Goodness is very similar, isn't it? It means to seek what God would want for someone else. So it needs kindness to not be harsh. So goodness could be harsh. I could say to, you know, I could say to someone, I could follow, I'll do it this way around, it's safer. Steph could follow me around all week and every time I picked up something that had calories in it, she could say, put that down. She could slap my hand, put that down. I could look at a chocolate bar, she could punch me in the face. (laughs) Because that would be good for me at the moment. That's what I need. I need to be self-controlled. I need to restrain. So actually, Steph would be doing a good thing. But actually, being good can be harsh. Well, that's where kindness comes in. That's where kindness comes in. Kindness and goodness work together because kindness is being upright and thoughtful in the way we behave towards others so that it's beneficial. So goodness says, you shouldn't be eating that. Kindness says, here's a salad I made earlier. Here's a banana. (laughs) That's kindness and goodness in action. So love, joy, and peace, it's our relationship with God. It transforms our emotions. Sorry? 
a nice little interlude. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Sorry, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. That's our relationship with others. And the final three say this. The final three about our inner character that only really we know. The inner character, it's a transformation of our will. Gary said we want to pray God's will be done in our town. Yet so often our lives revolve around our will. So the last three are faithfulness, honesty and integrity in our actions and a reliability in our commitments and responsibilities. When the Spirit fills us, we'll be more faithful and committed. Gentleness might be seen as a weakness. If you're gentle, meek and mild, the world sees strength because of hero-type figures and muscles, you know. Some people look at those gym bodies and go, oh, I wish it could be like that. Whereas, you know, I know Ros likes me cuddly, so it's okay. <laughs> Too much information for Joel, sorry. <laughs> but Jesus said, blessed are the meek or the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek or the gentle. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, in the message version, it says this. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can't be bought. That's gentleness. When you're content with who you are. When you're content. It's not about ego. It's not about self. It's about selflessness. Which leads us to the last of the final three. Self-control. I started by saying about opposites. Well, the opposite of self-control is to be controlled by self. And that's where the acts of the flesh come back in. Because when we're controlled by self, we go through that whole list of things. This is what the message says of the acts of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5. That passage we just read, this is the message translation of it, the paraphrase. Galatians 5 verses 19 to 21 say this. This is when we put self at the heart of things. See if you can spot anything that sometimes you struggle with. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. Look at that list of things. That's what happens when self is at the center. Look at our town in some ways. Out of control addiction. It's all over the place. Because self becomes at the center. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. In other words, God will place his Spirit in you and give you restraint. The Holy Spirit grows and matures us and fills our lives with fruit. You know, let me ask a question as I finish nearly. What type of church would we like to be? Would, what sort of church would we like to be? One that is filled with self and egos? Or one that is filled with love, joy and peace, no matter what the circumstances one who treats others with patience, kindness, and goodness. And one that has character at its heart of faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Well, if that's the sort of church we want to be, if that few said yes this morning, got to get more of him. You've got to get more of him. You've got to allow him to root out the weeds and grow strong fruit. We want to be reliant on all of us being filled with the Spirit. We can only be a church like that if all of us are on board. If every single one of us goes, yes, I'm in. I want to be filled by his Holy Spirit to grow and spread out with strong roots and sturdy branches. How does the fruit grow? Do you remember the crash you did at school? You sprinkled some crest on a wet paper towel. Wet paper towels, not only are they amazing for the, uh, the environment and biodiversity, you can grow crests on them, but also they were great for a broken leg. But anyway. <laughs> Most of the work involved putting it in a place of warmth and light and on a wet paper towel. Then the seed sprouts into something bigger than it started out as. You know, I'm not into gardening, but it's about creating the right environment and conditions for things to grow. Hopefully, as a church, we do that. But you know what? It has to come down to personal. Are you, are we creating the environment and the conditions for the Holy Spirit to grow in our lives? Are we rooting out the stuff that shouldn't be there? Are we dealing with the things that are the opposite of what God has said? First, we need to accept Jesus as Savior in our lives, or we can't be filled with the Spirit. Secondly, we have to put selfish desires to death. It says in Galatians to crucify them. And thirdly, we have to walk by the Spirit. I started by saying, stand up and walk. Now, when I beat this drum, you were all in time. As I got faster, you kept walking because you were walking to the beat of my drum. You heard the drum and you walked in step. This morning, you're hearing God. So walk in step with his spirit. The phrase that Paul uses is actually to advance in a line like a group of soldiers, to walk to the beat of his drum. So let us seek him with all that we have, give him all that we are. This morning, will you make room? Will you be filled and fruitful? Not necessarily overnight, but he has everything we need to be transformed and changed, and we need to walk to his beat, not our own. Step where he says step, not where we want to. Not where we used to walk or where we've always stepped out of selfish desire. This morning, his will be done in this place. And do you know what his will is? That you be filled with the Spirit. We're going to worship. As the worship band come up, I'm going to pray. Last week, we responded in a different way, and I think we're going to respond in the same way. This morning, if you want to be filled, if you want to say, God, I need to keep being filled, then stand where you are now, and we'll pray over you. If you want deeper prayer, then you can go to the back. But if you want to be filled afresh this morning and keep being filled afresh, then stand. If you're in the worship group, you can, you can stand if you want to. But stand where you are. Okay. The prayer team are going to come round. They're just going to pray over you. If by the time we've, we've all stood up and we're worshipping, if you want more prayer, the prayer team will be at the back. But this morning, the challenge is this. Are you willing to make room to be fruitful? Not because you've tried hard, but because he is planted deep within. Thanks, Nick. I'm going to pray. Father God, I pray for your church. I pray for in this place this morning. I pray for each person who stood here this morning. We just say, Holy Spirit, come, 
fall afresh on us. Father, by your power, by your spirit, we ask that you transform lives. And Father God, it won't necessarily be overnight, but Father, in this place, we long for more of you. So we say we put down the old. Father, I ask those that have stood this morning to say I'm willing to crucify that old way of life and nail it to the cross, that it's done with, it's finished. And I'm going to walk forwards in step with your spirit this morning. Father God, fill us afresh. Give us a real awareness of the presence of your spirit in this place. Father, I pray that as a church and as a community and as a town, we want to see more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And Father God, it has to start with me. So fill me anew. Reign in me. Dwell deep. Root out the rubbish. And Father God, I pray, Lord, for each person that said yes this morning. I pray, Lord, that they will keep praying each morning saying, God, fill me afresh in the power of your spirit and in the name of Jesus. Amen.